It's uh, a great privilege and kind of a rare one. You know, this is going to be new for us, but uh, from time to time, uh, we're going to have some some wonderful people come and and be with us. And uh, Pastor Dennis Cole is no exception. Uh, Several years ago, had the opportunity to have his son come out and uh, the idea wasn't for him to live with us, but he kind of ended up living with us. He was over so much. And Elijah Cole, who's going to be married here November 2nd, we're going to be heading back for their, yeah, hallelujah. But uh, heading back there for celebration and the, the wedding. He's marrying a, a wonderful, wonderful gal. So, but uh, anyway, Pastor Dennis is the, the husband of one wife who's amazing gal, Sheila Cole. I wish she could be here. She's the, she's the fireball in this relationship, and she's just an amazing woman who Lisa and I love very much. And, uh, but Dennis has been such an encouragement uh, to me in my life, and God has used him to speak uh, into me at some very critical times. Uh, and you're going to see this. It's going to come through, but the Father's heart and the, the Father heart of God uh, for, for us. And uh, so anyway, I just, I love this man very much, respect and admire him. He's the senior pastor of a church in, uh, what is it, right across the river from Cincinnati? Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. And you'll hear where he's from in his voice as he comes. Pastor Dennis, would you come? Preach the word of God to us. Oh, I think they have me on this thing. You're on, yeah. Okay. Just, that's, that's fine. Thank you. Um, hey, man, it's great to be here. I love church plants. It's, uh, I've got six children and 23 grandchildren. I had six children with my girlfriend, my first wife. And uh, and she's still my wife. <laughs> so I call that success. I don't know what y'all think. I like babies. I like little people. I love little people. They're messy. They remind me continually that, that I'm a fallen creature. You know? They do. It's all about them. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they can't feed themselves. They don't care when they wake you up. And then they do the foulest things. And... And expect you to take care of it. Because they can't do anything. It's like, oh my goodness. And it's like, it's two in the morning. And you're dead asleep. And you walk and you carry this precious gift of God. That is a fallen creature. Self-oriented. Narcissistic. And lay it on this changing table. And your heart's just in love. And you pull it back. And it's like, oh, I'm wide awake now. I don't go to sleep for three days. <laughs> that stench has got me. You know, starting a church is a lot the same way. Because <laughs> y'all are in your infancy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so you need to have grace for each other. But most important thing, you need to walk in the peace of Christ. When you have a baby, if you don't learn to walk in the peace of God's gift... That baby will drive you crazy. You notice? I mean, the edge of insanity is like that close when you have a baby. Because, you know, my wife didn't sleep for three years the first six months. 
Do you ladies know? And it started when she was about like that. And it was like, honey, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. I don't know whether, I don't know which end it's coming out of, you know. I don't know whether we got to find a bathroom or she just want to open the door or not. You know, you don't know. But if you don't find the peace of God in that, God help you. If you don't find the peace of God in your life, God help you. Jesus said in John, he said this. He says, peace I leave with you. Now he said something really interesting. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace. Man, I want his peace. Yeah, yeah that dude, man, goes to the cross and, and, and he's not out of sorts and he's not. Man, if it, they would not want to see me going there. I would be screaming like a pubescent little girl. It says he didn't speak a word. He just went. It's hard to get my mind around that. Because he knew. He told the guys beforehand. He says, you know, we're going to go up to Jerusalem here and they're going to crucify me. Now, I don't know whether that was a by the way kind of statement. You know, like, oh, by the way. We're going to Jerusalem this time and, and they're going to crucify me. I don't know whether that was like, we're going to Jerusalem, they're going to crucify me. Or it was like, if it were me, it would be, we're going to Jerusalem, they're going to crucify me. Let's <laughs> go to Jericho. You know? I don't know. I don't know what that's like. How many of you know we need that today? How many of you know what we're doing in our country? Are we at war in two places like Iran or Iraq and Afghanistan? Or are we at war with the Middle East? Or are we just in this global warfare against terrorism? I'm not sure where we are. Do, do any of you have a handle on that? Because I'm not sure. I just know there's not peace anywhere. I mean, there's not natural peace anywhere. There's not even peace in Congress. I mean, you know, we're, there's a war going on there. There's war in our emotions. Some people like the president. Some people don't like the president. You got your idea. I got my idea. But, but, you know, my understanding is God says he puts people in place and takes people out of place. And, and I need to be at peace with what God does. Now, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have in my vote and in my responsibilities and in my care for our nation and my participation in my community. Yeah, but when it all boils down, if I don't find the peace of Christ, I'm going to go nuts. And it says to honor the king. Now, that was written when the guy that was the king, that dude was killing Christians. Now, they hadn't got that bad yet. So, do we honor this guy? I mean, I don't know whether this guy's your guy or not your guy. And on one level, it doesn't really matter to me. What it really matters to you is whether you can find the peace in your heart to honor him. I get tired of hearing Christians slander someone that we're supposed to be praying for and honoring. Do I agree with him? No, I, I hardly agree with myself most of the time. I mean, give me a few minutes and I'll disagree with myself. You, you know what I mean? So, is there peace? I don't know. There's not even peace in our country. They're shooting kids in school. Kids are shooting kids. You know, spice, spice, 
spousal abuse is up. Hey, ladies got to lighten up on us. Child abuse is up. Assaults are up. Terrorist attacks are up. Where's the peace in our country? Most of us would settle for no conflict, no fighting, no war, rather than working to actually live in an atmosphere of peace. Somehow we think if there's not conflict, that's peace. Well, I've been in a place where there's no conflict, and I haven't been at peace. Have you ever been in that place? I've been in a place where there's not conflict. I'm not out of sorts with anybody, but internally I'm so out of sorts there wasn't any peace there. So peace isn't just the absence of conflict. It's not the fact that nobody's after me. You know, if you're paranoid, it doesn't mean that they're not really after you. You'll catch on that later. This thing's been this thing of peace has been after been been pursued by man since we got out of sorts with God from the very beginning. You know, the old West had an answer. They called the Colt forty five a peacemaker. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, that means if a guy was disturbing the peace, they shot him, and then there was peace again. Well, I <laughs> I don't think that's not a part of church government, is it? Why is he talking like that? Is he nuts? I don't think I like this guy. He says weird things. Why did Eric have him? He's strange. He's from Kentucky. He talks different than everybody else around here. I never heard nothing like that before. In the Old Testament, they had sacrifice for peace. They had a peace offering. And they were offering the peace, for, peace offering for uh, some of the pastors priest here's the way this read now it was peace that the guy would get peace because obviously it wasn't peace on earth because here's the deal it wasn't peaceful for two oxen or five rams or five male goats or five lambs in their first year so they killed all those guys so you get peace by killing stuff i don't know Since man left God, we've been in a pursuit of peace. And the Bible tells us how to attain peace. Now, I just want to read some scripture. If you want to read along, you can read in Isaiah. And it's the ninth chapter. It says, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. Emotional unpeace. As when at first he highly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards more heavily opposed her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Obviously, they weren't in peace. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, again, not in peace, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide spoils. For you've broken the yoke of his burden. And the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal, from the noise of battle, the garment rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. For to, unto us, here it comes, in all that turmoil and unpeace. For unto us, a child is born, a child is given. 
and the government shall be on his shoulders. And his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and here's the one we're after. How many of you know this one? Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Upon the throne of David, over his kingdom, to order it and establish it in judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we don't have to bring the peace of his government. It says his, the zeal of the Lord is going to do that. We talk a lot about government back where I'm from. I assume you talk about the government of God, the kingdom of God. And it says, man, when the kingdom of God comes, it has with it a peace, an everlasting peace. And it comes through this kid that was born who's now the Prince of Peace. Well, I was talking about Jesus, wasn't it? So, if it says that his government and his peace, there's no end, I want to get this right. Something in peace has to do with rule. Who rules over me? Okay? So when I'm sorting through this, I'm starting to say, okay, the circumstances rule me? Have you been in some circumstances where it's, oh, oh, oh what's going to happen now? Oh, if you're a man, it's kind of like, outside, it's kind of like, oh, well, what's going to happen now? Inside, it's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to tell her? On the outside, it's kind of like, yeah, well, honey, it'll be all right. We'll work it out. I'm a man. I know these things. Men try to get that stoic thing going, so they're always in control. Peace is an issue of who rules. Do I rule me? Do you rule me? Does God rule me? Is it the government of God in my life? Because there's going to be peace come out of one of those. Now, if, if I rule me, I'm frantically trying to put everything together in my life, which I've tried that before and it doesn't work. It's, it's, it, it's a short flight when I'm the pilot. It's like a crash and a big ball of fire and a boom when I try to do that. It's crash and burn immediately. Now, if you're in control of me, it's like a real long takeoff and no liftoff. Because I'm frantically trying to figure out, do I look right? Do I sound right? Do you accept me? And so inside of me is this frantic desire to please, to look like, to sound like, to be accepted, to get your smile, to get your approval. Man, that's, that's a crash and burn again. Tried that, did that. Nothing, man. Yeah, you guys that are high school and kids and stuff, let me tell you something. God made you the way you are. You don't need to look like anybody else or act like anybody else. He designed you to be who you are because he wanted his image expressed on this earth. 
And he can't do it all in one person. He's already done that. That was Jesus Christ. So he took a little bit of his image and he put part of it in you and part of it in me. And when I come into that full image, then all of a sudden there's the expression of Jesus Christ walking the earth. At least part of him and it's in you. And if you can make peace with that and you can say, hey, I'm not the whole deal, but you can't give me peace and I can't give me peace. The only way I can get peace is coming into the image of who God handcrafted specifically for me to be because he wanted part of him walking around on the earth. Now that's my deal. I don't don't have another deal. Now have you ever noticed that when you're not at peace, it's always somebody else's fault? (laughs) I say it's Sheila's fault. First, that's my first response because I learned that from the first man of God <laughs> who happened to screw things up. So I thought, hey, if he can screw it up, so can I. <laughs> no, I didn't think that, but I've done it. If the royal rule of peace is in us through the government of God, It will proceed from us into other areas. Into the areas of our relational life, the areas of our work life, areas of our church life. It proceeds out of us. Peace is something that God deposits in us so it can come out of us. It's not something that's out there that we get. There's so many people trying to reach out there to get peace. If I get this, it'll be at peace. If I get that, it'll be at peace. You know, there was a football player. And he got saved. And he says, I was sitting in the hotel room after we won the Super Bowl. And he said, I was thinking I've reached the top. And I don't feel any more content than I did before. And he reached out to God. You can reach the top of whatever you're doing. Because it's not out there getting it. It's in here proceeding out. says of the increase of his government peace there will be no end the peace of his government is never ending it's everlasting there are a few things we can do now that go into eternity did you know that you can have the car of your dreams I've got the car of my dreams probably wouldn't be the car of your dreams okay The car of my dreams goes where I want to go. I like to hunt. Okay, if you're not into killing things, stay out of the woods. (laughs) Don't talk to me about it. My favorite scripture is in Acts. God was talking directly to Pete. What did he say to him? Rise, kill, and eat. I try to obey that as often as I can. It's a great scripture, man. Learn it, quote it, teach it to your children. My ideal vehicle is a 19. That should give you a clue. 
97 Ford Explorer. That's maroon in some spots. <laughs> Mud in most spots and scratched. Smells a little bit like pipe tobacco, a lot like deer blood, and a lot like mud. And my wife refuses to ride in it. And I have no idea why. But you know what? It's going to burn up one day. Because when I read the book in the back, it says it's all going to burn. So what do I get out of here with? I get out of here with you. I get out of here with my six kids, my 23 grandkids. I, I, my deal is I want them out of here with me when this deal closes down. When I go toes up, I'm going to be at the gate saying, you get there. I'm wait I don't want to spend eternity waiting for your hind end to get through the door. Show up. Live your life so the preacher doesn't have to lie when he buries you. I'm just saying. Peace has an eternal quality. Love is eternal. Joy is eternal. Invest yourself in eternal things. Paul wasn't making a mistake or a suggestion when he says don't focus on the temporal. Focus on the eternal. Peace is eternal. It's going to be everlasting. If you find it here, it's going to follow you and be transported with you in the presence of God. Okay, Isaiah 26. In the day this song will be sung in the land of Judah, we have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for the walls and the bulwarks. Used to sing that song, A mighty fortress is our God. Oh, bullwinkle never failing. <laughs> Ever sing it that way? When I was a kid, we did. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. When I was a kid, my dad was a preacher and at specific times in my development, we moved from churches. I lost friends and I had other friends different places and uh, in, in the church and outside the church and then I had no friends and I was at peace and insecure and my mom would pray this over me. I had no idea why she prayed this over me, but she did. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. New Testament says it this way, Therefore the elect of God... Holy Beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all things, put on love in the, in the bond of perfection. And let the peace of who? God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called one body, and be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Thank you for spiritual songs. 
the early fathers, the early desert fathers, said pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's a psalm. If you want to look it up, it would be good for you to meditate on it. Psalms 122. They said that, that Jerusalem was the city of yourself. We need to pray for your own peace. Now here's the deal. We've got just a few minutes and we're going to close this thing out. I'm going to saddle this puppy and ride it to the barn. Y'all don't have any idea what I just said. <laughs> I look out there and y'all look like a calf looking at a new gate. <laughs> Pastor Hank, he's weird. He says odd things. Yeah, I know. I'm from the other side of the country. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. God has a way for you to have peace. Do you know that? Now, if you're interested in that, you can turn to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Because I have read the Bible through one or two times. Okay? Or a few hundred times. It's hard to tell now my age and I can't find another place where it talks about acquiring the peace other than if God if Jesus gives it to you, you get it but then how's he give it to you I mean it's like all right where are you uh, I'm ready for the handoff I'm coming through missed it where is it so Philippians 4 says this rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord showed up. Be anxious for nothing. We're going to deal with peace right now. If you're anxious about anything, we don't even know what the financial... How many of you are saying, what do I do with my 410 or my 4... Whatever that thing is. 401k. Yeah, some of you that are in your 20s are going, what's that? Some of us don't have any money saying, what's that? <laughs> Some of you can't go to sleep at night because you're saying, what am I going to do with it? I don't know. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And if you're able to do that, not be anxious for nothing, but lay those anxieties at the feet of God and explain it all to Him and let it be there, because he probably is not going to answer you and say, oh, I'll tell you what to do with it. He's probably just going to say, trust me. Right. So don't be surprised. Don't get upset with God. Well, he didn't answer me. You know what I found is when God's not talking to me most of the time, no. I would say every time he's not spoken to me, he's looking for something. What do you think he's looking for? He's looking for me to draw closer to him. Because he's whispering. God, God is very seldom shouts. And when he does, people get nervous. I mean, you know, it's like the windstorm and, and floods. And, you know, he shouts, bad things happen. When he whispers, good things happen. So if he's not talking to you, don't ask him to shout. Just, just a hint. <laughs> don't say, raise your voice, please. Uh, that's a bad idea. You need to read the old book. Because, Wow. You know, like lots of people just went toes up in a hurry. So if he's not talking to you, draw closer to him. He's not angry with you. Isaiah says he already poured out all his anger on Christ. And the peace of Christ, 
the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You're not going to understand why you got peace, but you're just trusting Jesus. Will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Now, this is a deal. This is a, a functioning, actioning, act, action aspect of our lives. You need to do it. Now, I can sit here and try to explain it to you. But you've got to do it. We generally shoot things like that in Kentucky. What? <laughs> and then we try to skin it and eat it. <laughs> That'd go down a little tough. And he goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report, if there's any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, if you're going to maintain your peace, meditate on these things. We just read about peace. You know, the last thought was peace. He said, you're going to do all this stuff to maintain your... Meditate on it so you maintain your peace. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, do them. And the peace of God will be with you. Now, I want to close with this. If you want peace, don't, you can pray for yourself, but it's better to pray for those around you. Pray for your government officials. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. Pray for your homes. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. I'm kind of partial to that one. Pray for your church leaders. Pray for your church members, especially Sister Bertha Better Than You and Brother Nolan Know-It-All. I know you don't have any of those in this church. Well, you might be one in somebody's eyes. But you don't talk about them, you pray for them. Because they may be your best friend in disguise. And you just don't have enough peace to see through what's broken in their heart because of what's broken in your heart. Now, I've got a prayer. I write prayers because I can't remember them. God tells me to pray for things, so I have to write a prayer. I wrote a prayer for my pastor. You might want to use it, change the name, I would suggest, for your pastor. You might want to just have it and take it. I, I think Eric can uh, probably get it uh, out to you. But here's the prayer I wrote for my pastor. Here's the way I try to pray for other people, okay? Loving Father, I pray that you bless and keep Norm. How many of you know Norm Willis? Okay, he's my pastor, okay? And he's a man I confess my sins to. That's another step in peace. If you just confess your sins to Jesus, you're, you are destining yourself to repeat them. You need to do that to flesh and blood. The Bible says confess your sins one to another, okay? So let's get that out of the way. It's only your pride that keeps you from doing that. So if you've got turmoil in your heart, it's probably because of unconfessed sin. Just throwing it out there. Loving Father, I pray for you to bless and keep Norm. Please make your face shine on him and be gracious to him. Lord, would you lift up your countenance upon him and let him experience your peace in all his life. Help Norm to dwell in your secret place, O God Most High. Almighty God, help Norm to abide under, this, under your shadow. Show Norm how to make you his refuge and his fortress and trust in you alone. Protect him from all enemies, plans, lies, 
and power that are set against him. Protect him from his own self-pity and or pride by keeping the cross the center of all his thoughts, plans, and actions. Lord God, I ask that you cause any gossip, criticism, abuse, accusation against him to be silenced, broken, and reversed. Make any weapon and or enemy aligned against him to wilt, wither, and be washed from him by the blood of your blessed Son. You've made Norm more than a conqueror through Christ. Please give him the revelation to live in this reality daily. Remind him that he is accepted as your beloved in your beloved. In Jesus' name I ask you. Pay, pray. There ain't any peace anywhere else. I don't, I don't find it in the book. But it's really important. People will come here because it's a house of prayer and peace. If it's a house of prayer, it can't help but be a house of peace, right? I mean, can we make that connection? And you know, a new church plant, and a lot of times new church plants have a little bit of confusion around, a little few loose ends. It's to be expected. You can't be perfect. But in the midst of all that turmoil, you can be at peace because you're trusting in the Lord. You know you're in his will, and you know that he's refining you by all the little bits of chaos that might be going around. That's his gift to you so that you can walk in peace in it and find his purpose and make the adjustments to come into the fulfillment of his plan. It's kind of those little things out that are out there that are out of sorts a little bit. It's kind of the guardrails that keep us pushed into the center of his peace. If you start focusing on that, you start devouring one another. This needs to be a house of peace because there's no peace out there. But there is peace here. And I know your pastor. And he's a man of peace. He's a man of strength. And the support you can give him through your prayer is to make this with him house of peace and to you I leave grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ